0: Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently, my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey, Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. All right, we are live with our latest episode of College Questions. I want to thank you guys for listening in. It means a lot and I've been very encouraged just by hearing responses from each of you and and, uh, just pray it continues to God uses it in your life. I'm excited about today's question. I'm excited about today's guest. The question is a unique one. Um, It's one that I feel like a lot of people uh, don't want to think about or talk about. So I think it's a very important conversation for us to have. The question is, how do I deal with death? Again, this is kind of a heavy one, um, but I, I think it's a needed conversation. I'm so grateful to have it and grateful for our guest today. Uh, I met this man probably back in when I first got back to Russellville. Uh, were you at Tech by 2010?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I thought so. I may have met year. you
0: your freshman year Yep. and uh, just uh, got to meet him and see his heart for God. And He graduated from Arkansas Tech in 2014, went on to get his Master's of Divinity from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, now serves on staff with Cross Life Church here in Russellville and also serves as the 7th and 12th grade principal at Valley Christian School. So please welcome to the podcast, my good friend, Drew
1: Cox. Hey, Drew, thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for coming, it's, man. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, well, I
0: appreciate good. you and, and you taking time, and, and I'm grateful for you, and I know God's using you, and, and it's, uh, it's fun to connect, you know, in life there's people you see and you kind of get to watch from a distance. I know you and I don't get the chance to talk a lot, but it's also just encouraging to me to know that you're out, you're serving God with your whole heart. And, uh, and I see you with pictures of you and your son and (laughs) you're embracing fatherhood and and, and, uh, being a husband. And so that makes me happy, man. So I'm, and I'm happy we get this time to talk about this subject and it's, it is a, it's a unique one, but I'm excited to hear your perspective on it. And I know it could go a lot of ways, but man, how would you respond? Just, um, you know how do I deal with death, or or maybe the question is, you know, um, when you think about the importance of this conversation, hmm. you know, what is it about the you that says, you know, what um, this is something I I want to talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, and and you know, just just as we talked just a minute ago, I think just the importance of death sticks out to me in my own life because it played such a a crucial role, a central role in my own conversion story mm. of, of me coming to Christ, and that was about a year-long, a year-long process. But it, it kind of began really with uh, the relationship that that I had with my grandfather. Uh, mm. I called him Papa, so mm. if I say Papa. That's who I'm talking about. But all right, um, he, I remember. You know, I was a freshman in college, um, and over Christmas break. Um, he had a procedure done. We knew something was up. We didn't know quite the the extent of what was what was going to be found, but um, they did a surgery did a procedure and found that he had uh, a tumor. Mm-hmm. It was already at stage four at that point. Oh, mm-hmm. He did about, I think he did 35 treatments of kind of chemo radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just remember, you know, being in in the waiting room uh with my family you know he come when the doctor would come out and bring the news and that that kind of began a process on that day really starting to understand this this giant of a man that i Mm -hmm. so respected i mean i've never you know the only person i've ever respected more than than him was my own dad Mm -hmm. so um just seeing how this hero of a man this giant of a man to me the inevitability of the outcome of his life was that he was gonna die soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no way around that. And when that kind of inevitability sunk deep in me, what I noticed my family were doing was comforting one another by the reminder that he'd soon be with Jesus. And they all spoke with such a confidence in that, and I think I, I, I could have confidently said, hey, I know my grandfather's gonna go be with Jesus, mm. but what had to happen in my own life, and I think what the Lord used in in His death was it, it used He used it to awaken me to my own mortality, mm. to the reality that whether it was when I was in my 80s like Him or in you know late 20s or whenever it may be, mm. there was gonna the the finality of my life would be that it 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 ends in death and I'm ushered into eternity, right? Mm. So that was, but as as I began to think deeply on that, what I began to realize was, I could say with confidence that my grandfather was a Christian. Mm. I couldn't say with confidence that I was. Mm. Though I, for years and years, had said with, with a misplaced false confidence that I was a Christian, I, I began to examine my life in kind of a new way and recognize, hey, I'm it, this isn't adding up. Mm. I, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't say with any certainty that I knew where I would go if I were to die,
2: mm.
1: um, and the Lord used that just to continually prick my heart. And I can look back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I can look back and see so many ways mm. and people and conversations and things that took place over the next year kind of sparking from from that moment of my grandfather dying and coping with that loss. I can see how the Lord was was drawing me to Himself even mm-hmm. through that, um, and so just just seeing that that reality of death was so integral, and I think that's why I, one of the reasons when when you sent me that list just to mm-hmm. talk about this mm-hmm. was um, something that stuck out as massively important.
0: No, I can see, man. That's that's a powerful. That's a, It's sad, like, and that's you know, death is always. It's hard. It's sad. Uh, but anytime you can look back and see how God used it in your life, you know, you can celebrate that part of it for sure. And how, and I'm sure your grandfather would be happy with that, right? He yeah. is happy with that, yeah. right? That he's that yeah. his grandson, uh, that his death allowed God to do something in your life and to get mm-hmm. your attention. And I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. And you spoke to something that I'd love to, you know, it's so important because you're right, so many people, are, we do fear death, um, but that's even if we're willing to admit that we can die. Right. You know, and, you know, you said you came to the grips of the reality that, okay, like this is real.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think for a lot of people, if we're really honest, like, okay, we'll say, yes, I know I could die any day, but we really live both in perspective and in action and attitude. As if we're definitely going to have tomorrow. Right. You know, I mean, it it just, it feels like that. And it is a hard conversation because it's a sobering one that kind of brings us back to, no, I'm not promised Mm. tomorrow. God certainly doesn't owe me that. Right. Right. And man, that is a healthy first step to just admit what you said, which is okay. Death is real. Yeah. You know, it's something that I've got to embrace and, and, and understand that this is a part of life. Yeah. You know, nobody escapes this. Yeah. Well, there was one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but that's the reality. Yeah. And, um, man, I just, that's, but that's awesome, man. How do you feel like, um, hang on, I'm going to cut this part out. Cause I forgot where I was going, man. I wanted to ask that second question. I try to do this podcast, yeah. like one straight, th- this happens sometimes. My no, brain good, doesn't brother. work. What's the, the follow-up question? Where was I going with that, man? We're talking about
1: <laughs>
0: death and death uh, Well
1: let me let me just speak to what something you were just saying. Okay was, uh, and it, go, it it ties right along with, with what we've been talking about, but just there's such a, a freedom that most people don't know mm-hmm. when you come to accept the, the inevitability. Mm. When you can be honest with yourself, about the reality mm. of death there's a significant freedom that comes with that in this life um, and by, by by right perspective and honesty i mean i'm, I'm thinking an explicitly christian perspective mm-hmm. on death and understanding of what the bible teaches and you know even if you were to look at i think one of the most crucial passages for us having a right perspective on death would be first corinthians 15 right and he paul goes to this long exposition talking about um, the resurrection of Christ, and then the resurrection of the dead, and, and the outcome of that passage in, in 50 through 58 is he, he ends with, hey, death, where, where's your sting? Mm-hmm. And he says the sting of sin, is the, or the power of sin is the law, and, but he goes on and he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory mm-hmm. through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he says, therefore, so an understanding of, of who Christ mm-hmm. is and the victory that he's won in his own resurrection, right, that death has been defeated, the, the reminder is hey therefore now be steadfast and movable always abounding in the work of the lord that's that freedom not necessarily hey you can just kind of live however you want because mm-hmm. you you know that you're not going to make it out alive but it's this purposeful freedom that comes out of understanding mm-hmm. hey i'm we're all headed towards this mm-hmm. but but death has really lost its sting because christ has risen from the dead yeah and he reigns right now and so therefore i can always be abounding in the work mm. of the Lord knowing that it's it's not in vain that I'll see mm. the fruit of my reward um, and I think that that when you begin to be honest with yourself it, it, it only comes through that mm. if you if you constantly try to suppress or avoid the reality of your own mortality it's it just leads to uh, an unhealthy perspective um, mm. and, a, and a, a a false hope in, yeah. in this life.
0: Well, and I love how you're really emphasizing that if I'm going to deal with death properly, like, and I'd love to ask you, you know, kind of how do you handle it when it is others? Mm -hmm. Um, but it does start with your perspective. Like you're saying for me as an individual, because if I can, and I love that where you said freedom, Mm -hmm. because I do think there's a freedom when you understand that, you know, it's almost like I think in our hearts so many times, and I think you ever heard of like the, uh, Closed hand open hand analogy like you yeah, know there's yeah, things yeah. in our lives like whether it be you're a single guy and you really want to be married and, and mm. by the way that's a good desire you know he who finds sure. a wife finds what's good <laughs> and pleasing the lord
1: i found a good one yeah. there you go man
0: <laughs> so but it's like you can easily make that a thing where it's like i really want this god you owe me this i have to have this right there mm. is a freedom and you, in that context, you can really learn what contentment means when you release sure. that and say, okay, God, if you so desire, if you so choose to give this to me, I would be yeah. forever grateful. <laughs> but if not, I'm okay. Yeah, Like you're, you're all I need. You've been very yeah. good to me. And in the same context, when you think about scriptures, like our life is but a mist mm. that appears for a little while. Then it's, it vanishes in its place, remembers it no more. I always get confused that there's a James one. And then there's a is it the Psalm? Yeah, it's uh, Psalm. There's two that kind of, they mirror each other. Uh-huh.
1: Psalm 103, I think, is the one that talks about the glass, or uh, how he... The wind blows the wind over, blows over it. It. Yeah, the wind blows over, and its place remembers it no yes. more. And then I think it's like James 4, where he the talks mist. about it's a vapor, or a mist, or, yeah, you know. It appears yeah. for
0: and then it's gone. But same yeah. imagery, right? Right, right. That regardless of it's 20 years or 80 years, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's here and gone. And yeah. There really is a freedom, and I, I brought up that open-hand, closed-hand analogy, because if I can learn to let go, then it gives me freedom mm. to do the things today that I feel like God's called me to do and, and enjoy, be a part of those things, and oh. it gives so much Fullness, even to like being having the ability and the thought process of of what I'm supposed to do today and what yeah. I have the opportunity. That's probably the better. Mm-hmm. One, what I have the opportunity to do today, um, because right. so many people do fear it. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you Why do you think that is, I man? Why is it that fear tends to be something that even for a lot of Christians, man, that it comes with when it comes to death, it's something that we fear.
1: I, I think there's a number of things we fear, and I think. You know, many people fear it for different, different reasons, different experiences they've had mm. with death of loved ones in the past or un, 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 unexpected. And I don't want to say untimely because yeah. no one dies yeah. outside of their time, but, um, uh, you know, just, just past experiences. But I think one of the things that people tend to grapple with, and this is, I think what, what sparked, sparked it in me was just this fear of the finality of it. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah. when it happens it happens mm-hmm. and i think a passage is like i think it's hebrews 9 right it's appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment
2: mm-hmm. right
1: there's a a finality to death there's no coming back from that except you like, like we said except <laughs> for one right one one person's come back from that um, and he's reigning as as lord right now but there's such a a a fear that comes with that um in understanding that it, at that point, mm. it's over. I think the other thing, too, is just, I think it's not the concept as a whole of death, but a lot of people fear the when and how mm. and, and and those kind of things, just perpetually wondering, hey, when mm. when is this going to happen? I think that yeah. would be another unhealthy way to think about, mm. about death. It's kind of just accepting the reality of that is going to give you some freedom and understanding that, Hey, I don't have to worry. I I trust God with the when and how, and what all happens and those sort of things. So I think there's a number of reasons we, we fear it.
0: Well, I like just to, I mean, I love how you brought out the word freedom keeps coming to my mind because with the right perspective and when I embrace godly truth about it and I can accept it. Okay. My life is a mist. It's a vapor. I don't know how many years that is, but it is that. So, I'm, I i do not have to fear that anymore. Like there's yeah. it, it, there is freedom. And mm-hmm. I love, I think that's an excellent word you use for this context. Um, and so I think, you know, we've kind of hit on the perspective that we, that I can have as an individual, you know? And so I think, which I love that we did because how do I deal with death? Certainly most people yeah. have considered <laughs> that because they've have had someone they know die or hear, You know of it, you may try to ignore it and and block it out, but you know, it's looming around the corner. So you've thought about it for sure, for sure. And so processing that through your own life Hmm. is step one. And then how, when you think about just, um, the death of those around you, for example, when your, your grandfather, the Mm -hmm. story you shared, how do we deal with, I feel like, you know, we've tackled in a healthy way. Okay. My perspective of death in my own life. Sure. Now, what, what, Drew, how do I handle it when someone I love passes away? Mm. You know, how do I deal with that in a way that's healthy and unhealthy? Because certainly we see people respond to that in unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes death, you know, I'm thankful for your story because it propelled you towards an awesome direction Mm. towards God. Yeah. Sometimes Mm. it propels people the other way. Right. You know, would you mind sharing a little bit about, man, just your perspective? You know, you're one who obviously God used that situation to propel you towards him. Yeah. You know, what are some things and ways people can deal with that in a healthy way? Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, in in a healthy way, thinking about it from, from a Christian, from a distinctly Christian perspective, um, I, I think that there has to be just a – and not, not. I don't mean a morbid embrace of it, but just an embracing the reality of it and understanding that it that it's going to happen. But also just when you we we grieve as those with hope, mm. right? So when you yeah. approach that grieving process, that's not something that that we were meant to suppress. I think uh, from an unhealthy perspective, when we try to uh, avoid it and uh, self isolate even. Mm. You know, when 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 that happens, I think that's a a natural reaction is to want to distance ourselves and mm. not think about it or turn to all these different sort of coping me- mechanisms, mm. whatever it may be. But when we when we can just sit and and grieve and lament, right? I mean, mm. think, thankfully we have an entire book of the Bible and the Psalms that teach us it's okay to not always have it together. Mm. It's okay to lament, to bring things to the Lord, to mm. lay him at his feet. And I think that's a that's a, a crucial, a, a vital process uh, when we're dealing with the death of mm. a loved one. Um, I think also just being honest about um, kind of the, the, the life of the loved one that we've lost, depending on whether they're a, a believer or an unbeliever. Mm. We don't want to give false hope, yeah. but I think when we, you know, I've unfortunately i've had friends pass away who um i'm fairly certain you know weren't weren't believers weren't Mm. weren't trusting in christ and that's such a a weight kind of a sadness that comes over you when you realize that but Mm. i think that has in my own life propelled me towards the importance of evangelism Mm. i mean shortly after my conversion that was so influenced by my grandfather's death i had a family member and a close friend who I'm not sure if either one of them were, were believers, who passed away, mm. and my first thought was, man, I wish I, I just wish I would have had the opportunity, mm. and maybe even that opportunity was there, and I, I, I missed it. But just the importance of evangelism, yeah. um, understanding, hey, no, no one's really ever more than a step away from eternity, mm. um, and that's what's first and foremost. You, you mentioned just even in your day to day and the opportunities that mm. we have. Um, that, that's one, I, mm. I, I think we need to be, death makes us want to be a, a deeply evangelistic people.
0: That's good, man. What was the first thing? Oh, oh, the, the, cause what I heard you saying was that it's okay to grieve. Like, and man, that's so probably healthy for us to say and, and for people to hear, you know, you're right. So many times we feel like, all right, I gotta be strong, gotta be strong, mm-hmm. but that, that's... <laughs> To your point, man, we have biblical examples, and Jesus Himself, <laughs> by the way, who was about to go raise his dear friend Lazarus, and knowing he was about to raise him from the dead, still wept. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I appreciate that. That that's such a that's an authentic, just a a real picture of that. It, this is part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's good and it's healthy.
2: Um, yeah, and I
1: think too, even on even just building on that is. I mentioned the the temptation to isolate. Um, you know, h- however, someone grieves is is you know up up to them in the sense mm. that if you, if you want to grieve alone temporarily, but I I do want to emphasize in that I, I think it's dangerous for us to isolate mm. when when we're grieving and in that process mm. because we really were built for community, mm. and I think. It's a twofold thing. We miss out on the ability to grieve with others because we we really need others, but I think we also tend to miss out on the opportunity to comfort yeah. one another in those moments. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about passages like Second Corinthians, right? When, he, when he's talking about blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's the God of all mercies, right? Mm-hmm. The Father of all mercies and God of all comfort. Mm-hmm. And he comforts us in our affliction mm. so that then we can turn and comfort others. And and that's such a vital part mm. of of uh, dealing and responding appropriately to death is being able to grieve but also being able to comfort.
0: What's the verse, uh, he is close to the brokenhearted?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a, in one of the Psalms. I that's can't. That's
0: such a, I've always, I need to memorize that one. I, it's in there. I don't have the reference, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, the God of all comfort, he's close to the brokenhearted. I think that is, mm-hmm. to your point earlier, you said, you know, we, we grieve with hope on two fronts. Number one, if the person that, that died knew Jesus, I, I have hope of where they are and that I'll see them again. Mm-hmm. The other hope is that I've got the God of all comfort mm-hmm. being close to me. Yeah. And my broken heart that that is that is encouraging in the midst uh-huh. of a really difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Those are two incredible hopes yeah that's really healthy to be reminded of and so
1: yeah I think I think death it, whether it's contemplating our own or whether it's dealing with the loss of a loved one um, it it forces us or can I think an appropriate response, a healthy response as we were talking about would would be to kind of lean into those promises of God mm. that, that, that we have as as believers. I'm thinking of the promise of his presence, Hebrews 13 right I'll never mm. leave you nor forsake you the promise of you know if we're if we're tempted to fear death right there's no condemnation for mm. those who are in Christ Jesus Romans 8:1 or even at the end of that same same passage right what, what shall separate us from the love mm. of Christ? nothing no. right death can't and oh. life nor death nor you know Anything he goes on and lists that thing yep. and and the reality is those are promises that we can cling to um mm-hmm. in and even the the darkest of times
0: mm. i remember when i was a student at um washington baptist university we got connected i got i was a guy who showed up to college and you know death certainly had an impact on my journey I think after salvation in this sense, came to Christ when I was 15, but I, you know, I didn't get baptized till two years later, which, you know, I say that to say that, you know, baptism certainly doesn't save you, but it is that step of obedience that kind of, you know, God uses that in your life to just kind of declare this is who I am and what I want to be about. And that was a good step. But I still kind of went through some roller coasters in high school and I got to college, kind of asking, "What more is there to Christianity than what I'm seeing? What am I missing?" Mm. And long story short, I, I transferred to Washita Baptist University. I'm playing football, and I get connected with a, a guy named Mark Paul Freeman, who mm. d- he's uh doing a Bible study with me, and, and you know, five other guys. And we, with the whole the second semester, he kind of challenged us to step up our game and instead of meeting like once a week, we are going to meet like five days a week. And you know, we were going to do, and this is the middle of off season football. So we were like, we had to count the cost. He challenged, like think about it. So like every night was like, one night was Bible study. One night was prayer night. One night was evangelism. One night was, I don't know. it It was one night was just dinner with him. I remember his wife would always cook an awesome meal. We loved that night. Uh, maybe that may have been prayer not I, I don't know Point is we spent that we spent the first semester really kind of diving in and God did some cool things as far as just fellowship among us yeah and then that second semester we really uh, just spent a lot of time together and really thinking about uh, God and Jesus and what he wants for our life and mm-hmm. at the end of the semester man it was getting ready uh, it was right before Easter and we he was like man let's go uh, camping you know so we went to this island and camped. And uh, stayed up pretty much all night. Uh, me and my buddy Brett, we left at like 4 a.m. or something crazy like that to drive down to Dallas to his parents' house for th- uh, for, uh, for Easter.
3: Mm.
0: Well, when we get there, we get a phone call. And Brett answers the phone. And his reaction, I can just tell, like, yeah. what's going on? Well, uh, what happened was one of the young men in the Bible study, man, Antoine Edwards, he drowned and, and died. Uh, like it it was happening like while we were driving and this was probably my first real experience with uh, someone I knew loved like dying. Mm. He was 20 years old and I just remember, uh, we we immediately were like, all right, we got to get back and you know, you don't know how to process that because when it hits you, unexpected like that you know and i like how you said it it was just unexpected um we didn't see that one coming and i remember trying to process it but i do i'll always remember this i'll always remember me and brett we like like did the bro grip thing i don't know why we were really upset obviously but i remember we were basically uh kind of gripping arms and we just prayed and I'll, I'll, I don't remember exactly what we were praying, but I do remember it was a prayer of, of Thanksgiving Yeah, because even in the midst of incredible pain and heartache, we were so thankful for his life. I mean, he, he was the kind of guy who, I mean, he knew Jesus and yeah. he um, was such a testimony to him on that campus when, with everybody he ever connected with. Mm-hmm. i mean we, we went to his funeral in big spring texas and everybody there we were at walmart for something and and somebody knew about him dying we're like oh yeah and and they're talking and we're like dude this is crazy because he was a humble yeah. you didn't know you know he was sure but i remember that was a process man i remember yeah. that that took me um i honestly feel like in some ways man i i i process that it took me all of college the, the next three years to process what happened and how I, now I'm not saying I agree. You know, sure. I do remember to your point about getting back in the flow of things. I remember the whole team came down. We went to the funeral. I think coach, obviously there was a time frame where we had off, but then, then they, I remember somebody telling us, look, obviously y'all are still grieving. This is a process. Mm. However, you need to get back in the routine. Yeah. You don't, to your point about isolation, you could sense that that is a temptation. It's like, you just want to go into despair off into some dark place and just stay there. And I remember them saying that and being like this weird, like it almost felt disrespectful, right? Like Mm -hmm. how, how could we do that? But, um, I think there's wisdom in that. And I remember that. And that, that was helpful. Although I think what was helpful about it is in the midst of the routine of life, you're still processing, but it allows you to kind of go in faith. I feel like for me, that's what happened. It allowed me to process it. You know, obviously the funeral. Um, I'll always have an image of that, and it felt like a worship service. You know, I think his life is testimony of that. Yeah, it was a celebration of his life, and man, I just I look back at that, and you know, I didn't know. You know, how do you deal with that, man? It is hard. It's always hard.
2: Yeah,
0: and I don't think you know we can. It's this a tough conversation because if we're being brutally honest how do I deal with death? Well, it's hard, man. Yeah. Right. Like, and I, and I love the things we've said, but I look back on this situation. I I don't even know. And, and what do you tell somebody like that? Like, and, and what's the, oh man, I, there are people who are going to listen to this and I've, I've tried to quote this verse. I've got to memorize this verse. Mm -hmm. There is a verse. Do you know the one? It's a proverb, but it's something like, um, like vinegar to an open wound is someone who speaks a, uh, oh man, I got to find this. I'm, I'm so sorry to our listeners, but it, it's like a proverb <laughs> that's essentially communicating that even though something is biblically true, there yeah. are times that it's not meant to say those things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and I appreciate that, right? Because mm-hmm. it, death is hard. And I just want to yeah. be honest about that. It's hard, man. I still there are still days, by the way, that I'll I'll think of Antoine and dude I'll break down.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether it's just I miss him, mm-hmm. whether it's just I'm sad that I would I would I would love to know what he would be doing right now if he were still here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, and not that he's worried about it. He's like, dude, I'm good. You yeah. Know? yeah. I'll see you in a little bit. You know he, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's good. But I'm but you know me still being an earthly mm-hmm. human down here <laughs> in the in the struggles of life, like man. I sure do miss you man that's happened. Um
1: yeah, I think I mean it, it, you're right. It's hard and just because we know what what ought to be said or know the right things to say doesn't mean that there's not a time where we where we just sit and mm. be quiet. I mean, I think Ian Job's friends, right? Mm. Yeah. The best thing they did was sit with him. Yeah. You know, th- those first 7 days that they sit <laughs> in complete silence. That was the only comforting thing that they said to that's him. That's right. Um, so, you know, there's there's a season uh, yeah. for that word and, and it, we need wisdom in yeah. those moments and in, in how we deal with it. Because just because, again, we, just because we can say it doesn't mean it's the right time to say mm. it. I think there's a, a time um, to say those things, but there's also a time for us to sit and be still and let people grieve yeah. and, you know, let, let that grief kind of have its, have its course Mm. Um, one thing that you mentioned, though, even when you were thinking about uh, Antoine, just that prayer of thanksgiving that mm. you guys prayed, that is such a— and I don't want to just gloss over that. That's such a comforting thing when you can give thanks, mm. even knowing that now that person is mm. away from the body, right? To be away from the body, to be at home with the Lord, and, and you think about that, and it's— we we so often mourn at the loss of a loved one, but in in the Psalms, the psalmist says e- even the death of the saint, the death of the righteous, is 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 a beautiful thing in the sight of God. In mm. the sense that they're they're now home with Him, mm. and so we mourn here, but we can also rejoice mm. for those loved ones that have gone on ahead of us to be with the Lord, knowing that. Hey, just like you said, yeah. Antoine would say, "Now, hey, you'll, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll see you soon." Yeah, you know and he's
0: not worried about it, and you know he was, he was, re- you know, he had conversations. There were friends that later had had individual conversations with him. He was at a place in his life where he really, I think, was ready to be with Jesus, and that's interesting. Um, but he was, and mm. you know, that's a mystery to me. You know why? You know I don't know, but um, but I am thankful for his life and. Um, for the impact he honestly continues to have, which I think is is remarkable, or or that God uses things of his life to make an impact on people still, which is really, really incredible. Yeah. I, uh, You know that, where is it where Paul talks about, I'm torn, because obviously it would be better for me to go and be with God?
1: Yeah, I think it's I, Philippians. Okay, he's yeah. like, that
0: would be better. Right. But... Here's the thing, like, I also realize that that there's stuff to do here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, I think, you know, to your point, it's like, obviously, he understood and almost, well, 2 Timothy, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, when he's kind of towards the end of that letter, and he's saying, I fought the fight, I finished Mm -hmm. the race, now there's in store for me. that You know, it's like, he and he had the privilege of like i think getting to a point where he had the opportunity you, we who knows if we get that or not but he had that opportunity to really consider this and then know that this is about to come yeah and that was pretty cool that mm-hmm. he certainly gives us an example of and you said this man this is something we don't have to fear and and i and i appreciate how he's torn it's not like you also like are just ready for it either there's right. a balance of right. it like being here is pretty cool. Like yeah. honestly, there's some cool things we get to do on this side of eternity that you can't do beyond here, and so I want to make mm. the most of that. And right. but but I love the tension there in Scripture. You have a man who's saying, "Look, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I would rather that's better. Yeah. That's better than this. But this is still yeah. good for me to be here." And I think that's
1: that's what gave him, and even back to the word freedom, that's what gave him the freedom to say things like to live as Christ and to die as game, mm. right? again that that just communicates to us that to depart from this world and to go home to be with the Lord is not loss for the mm. Christian it's gain yeah but that gives us a healthy perspective on what what it means to live if we're if we're going to live it means faithful labor in the Lord and 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 that's a joyful thing mm. that's a meaningful life right lived for mm-hmm. his glory for his yeah. purpose but but knowing that when we depart and we're with him that's far better than anything we could think or, or or imagine. You know, I think of mm. um and maybe this is this is off topic. If it is, you know, tell me. But no, I, I just think really. of things that you, you mentioned things that we get to do in this life. You know, I, I, I pray regularly and I don't know why I think it's I, I don't know why this number sticks in my head, but if if Tyre and I were married for sixty four years that would put me at being 86 all right okay i don't know why that's the number in my head but i always pray hey i I would love to be married for her Mm. to her first let let us make it to 64. Mm -hmm. that put me at (laughs) 60 years of being judson's dad that put me Mm. at 58 years of being boston's dad she's Mm. coming in january so i'm just like you know that'd be a great time Mm. but i want to enjoy that because Right. What What does he say? Right. In heaven, they're neither married or given mm-hmm. in marriage. And so I'm yeah. just like, this is a momentary yeah. thing. Yeah. I want to enjoy this to the fullest. Yeah. And then and then go and be with my yeah. Lord for eternity. Yeah.
0: So, dude, I find myself praying the same thing. I'll be like, because uh, so I've gotten really into martial arts in the last uh-huh. four or five years, and I love it. Like particularly jujitsu, right? Just something about grappling. You know, when you, Mm -hmm. when I, now I read the script, you know, when Jacob wrestled with God, it's like, I don't think God just, I think that like, I want to see that match. You know, I feel like that was a (laughs) legitimate wrestling on, I don't know, you know, it's like, what move was it? He did, he do to put that thing out of place. (laughs) But my point is, uh, I was go, Oh, that I I think about my kids and I'll pray the same prayer. I'll be like, man, Lord, uh, cause they've started training a little bit now too, but my boys are eight, Mm -hmm. six and four. They're super young. But I, uh, but I think, man, I want to. God, would you give me the privilege? And you don't owe me this, guy, But why? I'd love to live live long enough so we I can grapple with these grown men. I want to I want to see what these boys are going to be like when they're grown, and I want to grapple with them when they're old. You know, yeah. Like I want to get that. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. Yeah. You know, I want to do yeah. these things, and I think about mm. uh, I should remember this. I feel like there's two people in the Old Testament that the scriptures like intentionally say uh, he was old and full of years and it's this, uh, was that Abraham or was that, you know, who, who there's two people I feel like, and Mm -hmm. we can look that up later, but just that phrase old and full of years. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're referencing. And I identify with that. I I get that man, because I pray something very similar. Like God, I I pray that I get to live, to have that, Mm -hmm. to be old and full of years. Uh, but God, you don't owe me that. I mean, I think, um, I read a quote one time that said, um, each one should live with his own death before his eyes. Mm. And I think that's kind of all that's doing is just identifying where we started this conversation, admitting that that is going to happen. Like I am going to die at some point. And if I admit that it actually tell me if I'm wrong, man, but just listening to our conversation, it feels like a proper perspective of death actually doesn't make me depressed and go into this weird state of, of frozen uh, inactivity, it actually propels me to make the most of every moment I have right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That, which Um, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard somebody say once, uh, when you have the opportunity to go to weddings and funerals go Mm -hmm. because there's something about those two ceremonies that are really good for your heart and soul. Yeah. And that's that's actually really true. I don't mm. know if you, I, I, I would agree with that.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent.
0: But I love that man. I love how this conversation has has helped me and just reminded me, man, of of it is hard. Um, and hey, God doesn't owe me. You know, I'm I, I. It's funny, me and Drake ended up in a conversation. <laughs> I don't know how it happened because we talk about death. I, I want to be open with my children about all things. Yeah. And he said he said something like, "Well, Dad." He said, if you, uh, if you die soon, he I don't know, it was weird. He's like, you know, you'll, you'll probably die of like a car wreck or something else. And I was like, uh, okay, buddy. I was like, well, I'm praying for many years. I was like, but, and I told him seriously, I was like, but you know what, buddy, if I do die, um, man, you know, I'm with God in Mm -hmm. heaven and I'm thankful. Like, I promise you, I'm not mad about it one bit. God's been good to me. Yep. and I'm yep. grateful for this life, and I kind of went, you know, and he's like, all right. And then I told him, oddly enough, I was like, and hey, and if that does happen, this is so random, but I said, look, man, as soon as you grow a mustache, grow a mustache. <laughs> and I told oh, him, that, I was like, do it, and that was random, but I just felt better telling <laughs> him. That. I was like, you know. Hey, that's,
1: a, that's <laughs> the only thing I can grow, man. I, w- I it, wish man. I could grow a beard, but I, I can't, so I just stick with the stash. It'll, oh, you're doing so, great, man. It's awesome. Um, man, that, that is interesting, though, just the way that – I love the openness that you have with your boys to mm. talk about that. I think, you know, I've, I've seen this in many different circumstances, but, that you know, families that won't take children to funerals and things mm. like that. And, and I get it. Yeah. I, I understand. There's an age, I think, yeah, and there's some wisdom sure. to be applied there. But I, I, I don't want to shelter m- my kids at all yeah. from the reality of that. Yeah. I think that's a good healthy thing that they can understand at a younger yeah. age in a simplified manner yeah. to be certain. Well, but, and,
0: and as simply as, Hey, this does happen. Yep. And I'm not scared of it. Right. I, you right. don't have to be either. Yep. I mean, if, if I feel like for even an eight year old, my six year old was running, he probably wasn't listening,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: but, but my eight year old, he was, and it may have just been him, but he, either way he can understand very simply. All right. Death is something that, that with our, this life is, at some point gonna end and daddy seems to not be worried about it so
3: yeah hmm
0: if it's simple it's as basic as that it's like that's good right and then he knows where he's gonna go when he dies yeah man that's I, i'm good with that if i die today like yeah i think my boys my daughter will know that and that's encouraging to me man yeah. um or
1: something I mean, else. i think that's that that's what we communicate even think about that the I don't, we haven't started with Judd yet because he's so young, but yeah. even just in like little little catechisms, right? What's our only hope in life and death? Mm. Well, it's that we're not our own, but that we were bought with a price and mm. we belong to Him, right? There's no greater hope that we can leave with our children than to understand, you know, hey, we're, our hope is, is solely in the blood of Christ mm. and to depart from this world is is to be with Him. Mm. If if we can pass along that hope, if and, and obviously that's a work that, we pass along. We we diligently proclaim Christ. We we work and we mm. pour this pour scriptures into our into our children. But God, it's God who does the saving work. Mm. And obviously, we we desire our children to to know the Lord. But for us as as fathers, um, and and our wives as well, there's nothing more important that we can communicate to our children yeah. than that hey, we have a hope, a mm-hmm. sure hope, yeah, in Jesus Christ. That's right so
0: man i uh you know we spoke about how it is difficult do you is it okay i just want to ask you this man is it okay can i be honest with god when i am in that grieving state mm. can i tell him how i really feel Drew? and if there's death i'm dealing with mm. is that okay to do that
1: i i think I think it is. It depends on the manner in, in which we do it. I think <laughs> yeah, there's obviously some, some, some limitations there. You know, we don't want to, you know, it's like we don't want to be like Job's wife, you know, mm. giving people will say, curse hey, curse God, God and die. die right. But <laughs> but I think that, again, it goes back to, you know, kind of looking through. Psalms and, and lamentations mm. and and just looking at the the honesty that the psalmist wrote with. Mm. And we have to remember, right, who who inspired the very words that the psalmist put down on yeah. the page? God. That's good. So God inspired the words of the mm. psalmist to be an honest reflection back mm. to himself. That's good. Um so I I think God wholeheartedly approves yeah. of of us being honest with yeah. with the way that we feel. I, I think it i think self-deception or 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 even trying to just conceal those things mm. as if god didn't know about them already mm. um would would be detrimental to us it's l- lamenting is is a process that to to use the word again gives us a, a certain freedom before the lord but also is you know you think about in, in maybe an unhealthy way when you vent and you feel that release right yeah. that's what lamenting is designed to do is it's mm. a, it's release um, and laying it at the Lord's feet. It's a proper response. So, yeah.
0: Man, I like that. And you know, I think we, we've, we've kind of hinted at it and I just want to make the observation if I'm what I hear us and I hear you saying is there are two ways to respond to death.
3: Mm.
0: Whether we're talking about my perspective of my mm. own death or real life, someone I know and love has died. Two responses. Mm-hmm. One is healthy. and one is unhealthy and there are many avenues of those Mm -hmm. but certainly i've got to pay attention and be mindful of which is which right right and you know you said this earlier and i think it's probably worth reemphasizing that one reason and yes there's a time and place to be alone and to grieve alone but whatever that time frame is to get back into community is so important because i think that's the checks and balances to keep us accountable to am i handling this healthy or unhealthy Hmm. if we're alone how could we ever know i don't know but if i'm connected with people Mm -hmm. you know and i'm i'm connected with the local church i'm connected in bible study, i'm 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 have people in my life that can help me process through this and help me identify like okay yeah i might be handling this i think that's really helpful but i love how we've identified the reality and i know there's you know this is a whole probably separate episode of of the specific unhealthy things mm-hmm. and the, and very specific health. I think we've identified some healthy things though. Yeah. Um, and I love how you practically pointed out the example we have in scriptures that we can absolutely go to those. And I've heard someone talk about, you know, if, if you're struggling with your prayer life, just look up the examples of prayer in scripture mm-hmm. and just start praying those. Yeah. And what you're pointing out is so important. And it's so wise. God has given us prayers of like lamenting prayers of, I am sad and I need mm-hmm. to, tell God that, and here's how I'm going to do it. And they're, they're incredible. And I'm thankful for that, man. Um, well, man, is there anything else? It's a big topic. We really could do a second part to it. And I'm sure Sure. at some point we will, but I, uh, is there anything else just when you think about this topic that you wanted to be sure to share with our listeners? Mm.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll close with this. And, and I had a quote that I was thinking about sharing and I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket for now, because as we've talked, this has kind of come to my mind, but I was reading um, something the other day and it was uh, I can't remember who said it. wish I could but it was one of the Puritans and he was he was talking about the aim of, of God's providence um, and so it, it actually is John Flavel, and he talks about how the aim so I would consider death to be, at least in in, in some ways, a, a bitter providence of God in this life. Mm. It's something that we're we're all gonna deal with, whether it's yeah. our own or the loss of a loved one. But it, it's one of those bitter providences that's hard mm. to swallow at times. But what Flavel said was you take a verse like Romans eight twenty eight, mm. right? That that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called mm-hmm. according to his purpose. That's the aim of all providence. Everything that happens, the aim of it is our good and his glory mm. And he said, when you can realize that that's the aim of all of the, all that God does, it it makes it a little sweeter in those moments of, mm-hmm. of the bitterness. It, it helps us it makes those bitter moments more palatable when we understand, hey, this is ultimately for mm-hmm. my good and for his glory.
0: Well, and when those when that truth is there, even in that deep grieving state, you may not see it then. Right. And that's probably the worst time for someone. And I know you're not saying this, but like that, you know, in the state of at the funeral, you know, you're not coming up saying, Hey <laughs> right. man, it's, Hey, it's all God's good. And right. he works right. together all thing. but to your point, right? Like when you come out of that and, and whatever that at some point that truth is going to resonate and you're exactly mm-hmm. right. You're yeah. exactly right, man, that I have a, an assurance and a hope that's unlike anything the rest of the world has. Mm hmm right like the confidence of our relationship with God, yeah. the confidence of where I'm going when I die the confidence that in some mysterious way and even though I may not can explain it, God is not surprised he is sovereign he knows what's going on mm. you know even with Antoine's death like God knew mm. I it's still a mystery to me and that's okay I don't yeah. have to know that I'll, I'll know as Paul said you know now I know in part then I shall know fully even as I'm fully know gonna come right. a time when I do understand things and it'll make more sense to me sure. And yep. that is kind of freeing too, but I, I love how you're bringing it back to the fact that at some point in that process, you've got to come back to the truth, yep. right? At some point, yep. you've got to allow, there is a time. So we kind of, I, I made fun of like the improper time, but it's, but at some <laughs> yeah. point though, at some point though, you gotta, and maybe that's the tension there is that some people never want to come back to that truth. Right. And that's where it's getting unhealthy because at some point that biblical truth, we have to admit okay God mm-hmm. yes you are good yes you are yeah. sovereign and yes you do work together all things for those who love you yeah. so
1: and that just goes back to the need for others because sometimes mm-hmm. we're not perceptive enough yeah oh, to I know absolutely. that we need that that's for exactly right so that's where we we as those who might even be grieving over the same thing can can come in and yes and comfort others that's uh, good, it's just a man. reminder of our our need for other people in our lives so
0: that's awesome Drew, thank you so much for being here today, man. Man, I've enjoyed the conversation. Again, I I do think it's a hard one. And I think it's one that, you know, I love everything that we shared. I Mm -hmm. think it's all true. It's all good. I also know that it's not like we can know these things. And then all of a sudden when death comes, it's like, okay, well, I just got to do these things and I'll be fine. It's gut-wrenching, man. Right. But in the process of that gut wrenching time, if we'll remember these truths and, and pray at some point, and we stay connected with people at some point, mm-hmm. these things will come back to our minds and hearts. And we'll remember that God is the God of all comfort. Yep. He is the one that's close to the brokenhearted. Hmm. I can trust Him. Yep. I'm having a hard time with it, but God help me. Yep. I right, help me to trust you. Amen. So man, thank you so much for being here. Um, so thankful for you. It's, it's it's so encouraging to have a labor here in our community mm-hmm. wanting to continue to make Christ's name great in our community. So I'm grateful for you and for your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thank you for taking some time to be on the podcast and explore a difficult subject and a difficult question. So uh, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
0: Well, until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to each other, connected to the local church, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.